0: you're going to steal from anyone, make sure that it's a sex offender, because their addresses are public, they can't own firearms, and they'll probably get no sympathy from police officers, because that's a society that we live in. And you could probably find their picture on some type of sex offender registry, and based on the photo, you could probably tell if you're going to beat their ass or not. That being said, welcome to the No Regrets podcast. And for the next segment, I'm going to be going over some of the voicemails that you guys left on the post-secret voicemail hotline at 877-379-5745 onward.
1: Um, When I was really little, my brother would abuse me. He's um, he's like seven years older than me. Um, And uh, he was doing things he shouldn't to me for a long time and I told my parents um but they didn't do anything to stop it so that's kinda of how I grew up and uh he moved out and moved away and
0: right, just to pause it there. First thing that comes to mind is what the fuck is wrong with your parents for not doing anything about this? Like I get you don't want to report this to the police in, like, some facet of my brain where it goes like, oh, you don't want your son to go to jail because, you know, it's not optimal. But in this case, dude, you got to do something to reprimand this. You got to make this stop. This, This girl sounds traumatized, like, even by her voice. She sounds shaky to this day to tell this story. And it blows my mind how shit like this happens so frequently. Like, it's not even funny how how fucked up this shit is. Like, like not only does this fuck her up, but this, this could honestly fuck up generations to come. Like, could you imagine how this is going to affect this woman for the rest of her life? Honestly, shame on her parents for this. Like, for this neglect. They should be in jail. They should be in prison. So should the brother, mainly, obviously. And that's another complex situation. It's like, oh, your parents get taken away, and then what? You become an orphan, you have to be adopted, you have to live without your biological parents, but sometimes that's for the best.
1: It seems like he got his life together. Um, Seems like
0: he's... Yeah, great for him, right?
1: ...struggled a lot with his mental health. I found out later he was abused by our neighbors, so... I understand now a little better why he would do it to me.
0: Oh my god, that fucking pains me to hear shit like this. She's just trying to cope with this by accepting that she was abused because he was abused. And it shouldn't even be like that. It should have just stopped right there. His abuse shouldn't have to pass on to you. That's just such a neglect from their parents. What type of bullshit is this? Hurt people hurt people. You ever heard that expression? Well um, in this case I feel like this is a prime example of that. And such neglect from the parents again, it's like I wouldn't be surprised if, if they were abused too, because this just seems like a chain of never ending abuse at this point.
1: From what I hear he's a better person. But uh he's having a baby a little girl and I'm invited to the baby shower. It's tomorrow. I crocheted her a blanket. It's really pretty. A little romper. I love her already but I'm scared for her. And I'm sad for what my family is. I'm sad that I grew up and I don't really have a family because... The family I was born into didn't act like a family and still don't. I really want to be there tomorrow to give my future niece her blanket and her clothes that I made her. But it's a hard decision because it means seeing a lot of people who really let me down and who really hurt me. I guess I just needed to say this to somebody because most people don't really want to hear about this and this stuff in real life. So, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do.
0: That's, that's honestly very, very rough. And she is such a better person than I am. I would have cut ties so quick. And just the fact that you want to make the effort to see your niece and give her the clothes that you knitted for her in the blanket it breaks my heart to hear shit like this and I for the sake of the niece maybe I would show up but then again that would require you to see a lot of people that you honestly shouldn't have to see ever again in your life it's just at this point I wouldn't be traumatized by that again if I were you As much as it sucks, I guess for you in this case to not see your niece, I would just cut everybody off. Honestly, you seem like you're extremely hurt and you're just over your family in general. If moving is an option, I would do it. I just couldn't imagine seeing the person that's been abusing you for years and people telling you that, oh, he's better, he's not like that anymore, he's changed, he's with this person, he's having a kid, oh, that was just a phase in his life, um, yeah, but what about you? What about the pain that you felt throughout your life? Is everything just gonna be, you know, pushed under a rug? Do your parents not give a fuck about you? It's just him, him, him? Seems like they honestly have a favorite child, and hate to break it to you, it's not you. Um, You seem like you have your head on your shoulders, and I'll just get the fuck out of that situation as fast as possible, and maybe make a family of your own, and try to set them up for success as much as possible. You obviously learn from your mistakes, and hopefully you don't try to drag yourself into that situation again, or surround yourself with that type of people again, I would just surround yourself with people that you know are good for you, and will... You know, make you better in life, and yeah, that's all I could say about that.
1: Hey, so I'm a 23 year old um in New Jersey, and this is a fucking angry person, just so fucking mad. I'm so tired of having to deal with this fucking insurance company of the guy who ran a red light and totaled my vehicle. I'm so pissed about it, like. Why the fuck did you run around in the first place and then ask me for a hug afterwards? You're a fucking bitch. Fuck you, your Subaru, and your fucking SoundCloud, all right? Yeah, I found your fucking SoundCloud. It's fucking trash. God.
0: Damn, that is a fucking mouthful. She sounds extremely fucking angry, and it's hilarious how she found the SoundCloud to the person. Yeah, honestly, car crashes are the fucking worst recently been in one i would say less than six months ago and it was such a fiasco and it still is because i guess it's an open case still but that's neither here nor there it wasn't my fault but in this person's case shit it sounds like it wasn't your fault either it sounds like a shitty day hopefully you did have insurance because if you didn't that would fucking suck either way it would suck even if it's your fault or if it's not your fault if you had the insurance then good for you But then you gotta pay the deductible, this, that, and the other. You gotta wait on it. You're probably gonna have to pay certain fees for holding it in some type of junkyard or holding and then you're gonna have to get a rental and do all that stuff. And if you don't have insurance, then you're really fucked because you gotta pay for everything yourself if you were liable for it. I mean the biggest thing that I learned from being in a car crash would be that things will fade away eventually. Sure it sucks in the moment. You have to be anxious about who's at fault, am I at fault, wait, no, I'm not at fault, he's at fault, wait, I could have been at fault because of this, this, and the other, and then you have to wait until the police report to see their point of view, and then you gotta wait for the insurance, but things do get better eventually. I guess the biggest piece of advice I could give to any driver would be to invest into a dash cam because you could be 99.9% sure it wasn't your fault, but the police report could say otherwise. And honestly, if the police reports this otherwise, it's kind of hard to battle back and forth with a cop and the insurance company. That's a whole nother beast in itself. But if you have the footage proving that you're right, then everything could go by smoothly. And you won't have to worry about being blamed for something that you completely didn't do just because the other party in the situation vocalized it way better to the police officer and made it seem like you were at fault when in fact they were at fault.
2: Hey, I don't know who the fuck's gonna hear this, but if you do, you're probably never gonna know who I am. But this is a fucking cry for help. I can't, I can't fucking do live the life I'm way the way I'm living in anymore. I'm probably, I'm most likely going to kill myself tonight. I just need someone to get this off my fucking chest. I got like a stack of antidepressants and a vodka in the back. I live. A couple minute walk away from a bridge over a fucking highway. I'm just gonna let myself fall. I've tried a couple times before, but I lived. I don't know why the fuck I did, because clearly I'm not. I'm, I'm getting off track. Anyways, you got friends or family that you know is going through some shit. Check on them, okay? Just fucking check on them. And don't don't take don't take people for granted, don't take people for granted because I don't know maybe things would be different if that was the case for me. Just I'm sorry y'all. I, this this is a cry for help. If there's some kind of fucking way you can contact me in the next fucking two hours or whatever, some fucking sign or something, just throw it at me because I'm at the end of my fucking rope, dude. That's it.
0: Bye. You know, sometimes I just sit back and realize that we're essentially all the same fucking people. Just, we just need a little tiny push, a little tiny love from the people around us. And sometimes certain people don't have the friends, don't have the family around them to, you know, give them those positive affirmations that they need in life. And it leads to situations like this where they're just begging and crying for help. And ugh, I feel so bad for people like this. <sighs> I've definitely been in situations like this in the past where, honestly, the, th- the the thought has run through my mind of just, oh, whether or not I just end it all. Because things feel so much greater greater than they really are in certain moments until you just take a step back and breathe and look back and think is this really worth killing myself over and I guess for me the biggest situation would be living with something that I never knew existed never expected to have a problem that I didn't even that when I got it I thought oh this is just temporary I'll be able to you know Move past this and get this cured, and I'm talking about March 2020 when I started to hear this ringing in my ear, and oh, it escalated to the point where I was just losing my mind. And then I did some research, and turns out this ringing is called tinnitus, and it's a chronic illness which essentially has no cure. Everybody has different sounds and tones and feelings in their brain, essentially, that produce these sounds that you just can't get out of your head. Sort of feels like you're schizophrenic at at some point. And I went to several doctors, ear, nose, and throat doctors, chiropractors, did uh, MRI scans, x-ray scans, uh, just... just Everything possible, even a dentist, like you know, just I try to rule out every single little thing. Read several things on Reddit, tried every medical product, vitamins, fasting, gym, meditation, everything to try to get rid of this tinnitus. This ringing, this ringing that wouldn't end. And the only thing that has made it better is time, and that's honestly just. On a case-by-case basis. I know a lot of people who tinnitus is just a temporary thing. Sometimes it goes away in one month for some people. Sometimes it goes away for eight months with people. Sometimes it gets better slowly but surely. But right now, compared to March 2020, as I sit here right now, if March 2020 was at 100% tinnitus level, right now I'm sitting at about a 15%. Which, honestly, I could live with for the rest of my life. But I remember at the peak of it... I was losing my mind i couldn't cope with it i couldn't understand why me i couldn't understand how to make the sound and the ring go away i could hear it at every moment of my conscious existence like while i was asleep was the only time that the sound would you know disappear and it was only because i trained my mind to lucid dream while i was sleeping so, I could honestly think while I was sleeping and be like and be so grateful for silence, like if you don't have tinnitus oh you you don't even know <laughs> it's funny because I didn't even know for over twenty years until I got tinnitus that it was actually a thing, and you just have to learn to appreciate silence because I can no longer do that, and hopefully one day there will be something along the lines of a cure or remedy or some type of therapy that will help reduce my tinnitus. But, you know, I can't complain. I've gotten it to a point, thankfully, where it's controllable and it doesn't consume every second of every day. And this brings me to another thought that I had, and not to get out of the subject of this um, young man who obviously is seeking help, but I'll get right back to that. I remember that when I had tinnitus, one of the biggest blessings and the biggest things that I did to help me was this water fast that I was on and changing my diet completely and I started to practice martial arts and that really 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 switched my mindset from focusing completely on tinnitus onto another thing and I think that honestly that had a lot to do with my recovery and who knows maybe it was time that did it but I would like to think that it was me trying to better my lifestyle and to exercise consistently, to fast, to have another way of thinking that helped me through that dark, dark time. And another great piece of advice that a friend gave me was you only get one life, you might as well live it through even if it fucking sucks. You know, fuck it. And now to get back to that guy. I hate to say it because it sounds so cliche, but you might feel like you're at the worst and having the worst life right now there's always somebody that has it fucking worst and it's honestly seems like in your case it's a testament to the people around you you obviously either don't have the right people around you to talk to or you're not open enough to these people with the problems that you're facing no matter how petty you may think your problems are put them on to other people get their opinion on stuff It's not as dramatic as you may think. Things can be easily resolved with a one good conversation. And hopefully you find that person because at the moment of you posting this, it seems as though it would be too late to even wait for a reply from somebody else. You obviously made up your mind in the present moment and you're either going to follow through with it or you're not before the help online is available to you. So hopefully somebody in your immediate circle can help you through this dark time. But I promise you, it's not as serious as you make it. Okay, I had to go back and edit because it seems as though this person had a lapse of judgment, as was my thought from the beginning. And thankfully he did because I honestly probably wouldn't have posted that little tiny clip if he actually had gotten through with it. So, this is what he had to say in response to his last post.
2: I left a message a few minutes ago saying that I was gonna end my own life. I don't know what the fuck happened, but I, I've changed my mind. I could go a little while longer. I'm not like religious or anything, but gotta be some kind of miracle that happened, cause like. Oh no, the second I just left that, I just started thinking about my family and shit. My dog fucking came into my room, dude. It started staring at me. He's like one of those little <laughs> He's like one of those little Maltese shih with the big butt guys, you know. Just started like looking at me, and just crawled like on my fucking bed. I can't fucking do that to him, dude. I can't do that to him. If not for me, I'm in it for Completely disregard my last message, except for the part where I said to check in on family and friends. You know, are going through it.
3: Still do that.
0: So it sounds like you pussied out, man. Now I'm just playing. I'm so glad that you know you actually thought about it for a second. Cause sometimes we just gotta let things pass by a little bit. You can't just be so quick with the actions and think that oh, I'm gonna kill myself. This, that, and the other. Cause <laughs> it's funny. Cause remember, as kids, when You would honestly get triggered by the most simple things. And then you'd just be banging on the door. Because your parents uh, try to get you to throw away the garbage or something. And you'd be banging at the door. Oh, I hate my parents. I want to kill myself. Then you would just start screaming. And like over the piteous things. Like sometimes it's not as serious as it has to be. And sometimes pets are the biggest companion that you could have. As selfish as harmless, as needy, as dependent as they may be. Sometimes that's the push that you need. And it's awesome that you found the light in your life to actually, you know, convince yourself not to off yourself. And it's important to take these glimpses of life and just live through them. And if your life's not worth living for, for you, at least make it worth living for somebody else, you know, for your pet for your family, for a cause, maybe to donate your money to a special, I don't know, cancer charity, to a special fund that you believe in, or fuck, maybe to blow it all on strippers, I mean, who knows, it's just not worth killing yourself, you only get one life, you might as well live it, even if it fucking sucks, and that's my thoughts on that. So, I wanted to touch up on this Bobby Lee versus brandon schaub little fiasco that's been going on over the past week and for those of you who don't know who bobby lee or Brendan schaub is well most likely you don't know who brandon schaub is because he's a peanut head juice head idiot um well that's my take on it at least well bobby lee is this comedian uh brandon schaub is also a comedian ex-ufc fighter not the funniest guy to be honest mainly a joe uh, Rogan Dick Ryder. Um, to summarize him, I guess this video summarizes him the best. All I have to do is hear
3: Get out of people. Oh, tons. A chip on your shoulder and a thick skin. There's the those. biggest chip on your shoulder. You also see the drawbacks. You see a huge drop. It I is don't... tough to deal with, but if it's if the anybody... toughest to deal with, You've got a, a dicey pass in terms of the law. Some and would say the diceyest. A rough reason for why the know. roughest oh who knows it's fun it's so it's the funnest yeah it is fun. it's the best you feel like this is a dirty business like i don't want to be a part of your dirty it's the business. dirtiest business
0: dirt- yeah well you got the gist of him he's just such a dick rider asshole dude and so the story goes brendan Shaw was hitting on Kalila, who is bobby lee's girlfriend uh bobby lee and Kalila have been together for around 10 years and Brandon Schaub knows this very well, but I guess about six, seven years ago, he uh, Brandon Schaub tried to make a move on Kalila. Kalila obviously negated any of that, and there's also stories that Brandon Schaub around that time would ask other girls to go back to his car and, you know, suck his dick and that type of stuff. Such a just degenerate, and mind you, Brandon Schaub has kids, has a wife, and he's still doing all this scumbag shit. And Kalila has this podcast called... I believe it's called Bloodbath or um, Trash Tuesday, one of those two. And she starts alluding to this story from years in the past, but she doesn't mention any names. But I guess people put two and two together and Brandon Schaub got a little bit of flack about it and started to threaten Bobby Lee. Essentially, he tries to conspire all these L.A. podcasters to rebel against Bobby Lee that, oh, you're not going to be anything anymore after this story breaks out, that you're going to lose all your um, comedy spots, that I have five hundred thousand dollars invested into lawyers to try to tackle you and then he does the craziest thing he blames bobby lee for all the negativity basically that's happened against brendan shop throughout six seven years that bobby lee's some genius who started this anti brendan and shop thread on reddit years ago and that he's going to crack down on it and that he was tracking the ips and it led back to bobby lee's house this that and the other And honestly, just such a bullshit made-up lie to try to get under Bobby Lee's skin. And honestly, this could have just washed away easily if Brandon Schaub didn't escalate the problem more than it had to be. Kalila talked about it, people were assuming, but they didn't know that it was Brandon Schaub who actually, you know, made the move on her six, seven years ago. And it could have ended at that. But no, Brandon Schaub decided to bring it back up on Flagrant 2, which is Andrew Schultz's podcast, Another Comedian. And he made the situation a lot worse than it had to be. So Kalila saw this, went on the H3 podcast, which is a much bigger podcast than Tiger Belly, which is Bobby Lee's or any of Brendan Schaub's podcasts, and decided to air it out, air out the drama. Thankfully, Ethan from the H3 pod was on Bobby Lee and Kalilah's side and decided to neutralize the situation, essentially. And after this, hopefully tensions are cleared and everything gets back to normal. But he, just, Brandon Schaub just made it so hard on, I guess, everybody in general. Because now it's going to be really, really awkward moving forward for Bobby Lee and Brandon Schaub to be in the same room. To have sets under the same... Comedy store to be in the same place at the same time, and he just splits two audiences for no reason. Just such a dighead, juice head who gets this massive push from Joe Rogan and thinks that he could rule the world because Joe Rogan's on top right now. But Brandon Schaub will never be funny. His comedy special sucks, and Bobby Lee is a much better comedian than Brandon Schaub will ever be. And that's that.
1: Hi, um, this is Megan from Michigan, and I'm 28. I'm sitting in my work bathroom because I found out that my guardian of 10 years has cancer. Um, Now, my guardian was a narcissistic abuser, and right now, all I want to do is hold her hand and tell her that it's going to be okay, Um, and I feel like I shouldn't feel that way Because she abused me emotionally for so many years. And I've pent up all this resentment toward her. And I don't talk to her. And I try not to think about her. But all I want to do is talk to her and tell her it's going to be okay. And I wish I didn't. So, anyway, that's my day. Um, Thanks. Bye.
0: You hate to see it. Then again, in your case, I guess you would love to see it. Well, not want to say love, but it kind of sucks to be in a situation where somebody that you hate is going through something, but then you feel almost like a petty sympathy towards them, just because I guess you have to. At this point, they don't have much to live for anymore, so you might as well try to make their best of their last moments. But at the same time, they've just caused negativity. But then again, they've just caused problems throughout your life. And it's nice to be the bigger person in the situation just for, I guess, moral sake and karma's sake. You know, it's always good to have someone's back, even if they don't have your back, just to show them that you're the bigger person. But sometimes it's more than that. Very complex situation that you're in. But I would say that you're definitely doing the right thing by being at her side, even though... They've caused nothing but trauma throughout your life. And who knows, maybe they have a lapse of judgment towards you, uh, you know, in their final moments. And you're able to actually make peace with that. That's honestly the best case scenario.
3: I'm so fucking tired of life. Um, I recently had to cut off every one of my uh, blood relatives from my family because they can't help themselves but physically attacking my wife, and family. So I've rented a moving truck to in between full-time school and full-time work and full-time husbandry.
0: Okay, damn, that's pretty, pretty deep stuff right there. Had to cut that one short for a second. Yeah, seems like a very extreme situation that you have to pick up and move completely with your family just because of assholes in your life. And honestly, been there, done that. Not to this extreme, but definitely cut people off, block them, never look back. And it seems like you're in a very emotional phase that will eventually, honestly, phase out.
3: In full-time fucking fatherhood, I am trying to move my fucking family hundreds of miles away in the two days that I have in between uh, my work days. And uh, my kids are kids and they don't understand what needs to happen, but I I don't know. I need help. I don't know where to do. I don't know if I'm going to make it past this. It's a. I hate this world, and I hate living. Why would you have a child that you absolutely can't stand and make it as hard as you can for that person? Just abort them. Just abort them. Why suffer? Why wow. make them suffer? Honestly,
0: sometimes we hold family to this pedestal of forgiveness where we... As humans like to just forgive them and forgive them and forgive them, and I know a lot of people that do this personally, who just hold family to this hierarchy. When you know damn well if it was so, a friend around you who was being physical through your wife and kids, you would you wouldn't think twice about cutting them off. But since it's your family, you'll let it happen over and over and over again. And you sound very, very emotional and distraught. Honestly, to the point that you seem like you want to kill yourself. And I would have been cut my family ties in this situation. If they're getting physical with your wife and kids, dude, as a man, to not fight back for your family, that's just not right. And it seems like you're doing the right thing by moving away, but is it really going to be the right thing? Are you going to cut ties completely with them or are you just going to fake it to yourself although they might not be physical they could mentally fuck you up if you just don't block them and just take them away from your life completely if I were you wouldn't look back twice wouldn't look back once I would just move and forget fuck family just stick with your stick with your wife stick with your kids prosper and move forward onward
2: Hey, guys, um, this is really something I want to get off my chest. When I was 18 years old, I had a little girlfriend that was four years younger than me. So when I was 18, she was like 13 or 14.
0: Oh, my God. Here we go again. This shit is just not fucking right, especially an age gap when you're that fucking young. It just seems, like, unethical. Un- like It just seems fucking wrong. Do you not have the people around you to try to tell you that this shit's wrong? I know in certain places, uh, being in a relationship with somebody a lot younger than you is seen as normal, but, like, in a case like this, a gap like 18 years old to 13-year-old is not the same as a 30-year-old with a 35-year-old, you know? You, like, at least have a developed mind to be able to make these decisions it's just wrong to be grooming somebody at such a young age like shame on you moving forward and
2: we were talking for like maybe four four years or so and right before she turned 18 she quit talking to me and she got a boyfriend and ever since then it's just been really on my mind and like i still haven't thought I haven't stopped thinking about her. Um.
0: Look. Good. Good that when she turned 18, she realized, oh, this was fucking weird. Why was this 18-year-old trying to get with me when I was 13? She finally grew up and realized that you're a fucking weirdo. All you are is just a grooming weirdo. Why would you even, like, even if... I can't even say that. Even if she seemed like a cool person, because... Dude, it's a 13-year-old. You're 18. There's obviously people that are like-minded around your age that you could hang out with. Why would you approach somebody that young? That's just wrong. You just deserve to be in jail for that. And and then you're reflecting back on it, trying to justify it. Get yourself on a sex offender registry at this point.
2: I think it's really had a negative effect on me. Like, it, it's made me start doing heroin. I got addicted to that. And started doing other drugs, and, um, yeah, the whole situation was just crazy, though, like, um, sorry, my my mind went kind of blunt there, uh, yeah, her, her mom used to call me a pervert, and they would, like, hide it from our family and stuff, and, um, you know, like, it just de- devastated me, like, uh, every day I just think, like, why does she, like, don't be like that like out of nowhere it was
0: just- honestly there's no hope for you uh i mean sorry you're doing drugs but that just is not the situation that you want to be in when you're 18 years old you want to be with people around your age you want to hang out with people around your age if not a little bit older you know you're in that spot where you're 18 sure maybe you could go out with somebody that's like 20 21 and it's not too weird But an 18-year-old trying to get with a 13, 14-year-old girl, that's just not morally right. That's just not ethically right. And good on the mother for saying that you're a fucking pervert because that's what you were. You're out here trying to groom a little girl, essentially. And you're on your way to manhood. You just need to seek help. And if you are going to move forward, obviously, get clear off of drugs and just reflect back on why what you did was wrong. And then maybe you can fix it by meeting people who are like-minded, who are maybe around your age. And honestly, in situations like this, I feel like it stems way past you. Maybe people around you are doing the same thing, like your friends. Maybe it's abuse from when you were a kid. But you don't have to put that on other people, you know? Hurt people hurt people, but you shouldn't force yourself onto anyone. And thankfully, you didn't. You were patient with it. You were trying to groom them. And thankfully, she had the mindset to actually push you away when she realized, oh, yeah, that was kind of weird that an 18-year-old was trying to approach me when I was that young. And, you know, that's that. That's life.
4: Well, I guess I'd like to apologize for treating this like it's therapy when it's not. It's just a voicemail service. But um, I'm 21 years old. I go to some sort of college. And I probably have some sort of alcohol problem, um, which kind of feels very secretive because I'm in leadership leadership positions in various student organizations and I just do my job and I'm I'm on the dean's list all the time and I get basically straight A's, but all the time I'm in class or I'm at home and I'm constantly just waiting for my next drink or I'm waiting for the next time I can just do drugs or something. And it just feels like a very non way to be, if you know what I'm saying. Probably one of the most stupid things that have been said on here, but just something stupid. Should probably come back when I'm when my brain works again.
0: Yeah. And that's that. It seems like your typical addict, you don't seem like somebody that's, I would say, fully lost it in that sense as an addict, but you definitely need some help. And I would suggest seeking help anonymously, maybe, because it seems like you have... uh, that you're in a special situation where you're obviously making dean's lists and you're in uh, positions of power in your school and you don't want to give that up or you don't want to let anybody know that you're struggling with this, that, and the other because they might see it one way and then take you out of certain programs. Yeah, I've been there. Not to the extreme of alcohol or drugs, but definitely been in similar situations with you where I'm chasing something try to cope with something else I guess a lighter version of this would be some sort of procrastination where I try to you know set aside actual problems by perhaps watching some videos or hopping on social media and constantly refreshing the pages looking for something that doesn't even exist does isn't even made yet I just want to exit my own life and enter this fake social media realm where I'm just watching somebody else's life because I don't want to live mine, you know? Hopefully you're able to get some help um, through this, maybe a rehab program. I would try that out. You're 21 years old, seems like you have a bright future ahead of you. You just have to fix a few things, and that's that. All right, let's take one more from Dimensions on Reddit. A girl at school committed suicide, and she mentioned me in her suicide note. This is a whole clusterfuck, so strap in. Also going to post this on illegal subreddit. I, 17-year-old female, was browsing Tumblr one day when I came across this blog with a familiar face as the profile picture. It was a girl from my school. She was two years below me, and I didn't know her name, but we took the same bus, and she was in some of the same classes as my brother. He was also friends with her cousin. At first, I looked because I was curious, but after a few posts, I realized this was a Ted Bundy stan account. I was very disturbed. Most of it was cringy flower edits, crown edits, but there was the occasional text post where she would say disgusting things about the victims and say she wished she knew a serial killer, etc, etc. At one point, I found a picture of bloody wrists and the caption led me to believe it was her. I screenshotted every post and her profile picture and anything that proved it was her and contacted her school. My hope was that they would intercept and talk to her and the parents about her online behavior and get her help. I did it all anonymously and was told that she had been spoken to and actions were being taken. That was the last I heard of it for around five months. I did check her account regularly because I was genuinely worried, but nothing else was posted other than a simple text post saying goodbye, friends. I thought that was the end of it until a month ago. I found out from my brother that she had committed suicide. I was devastated. I never really knew this girl, yet I felt like I had lost someone. My brother, because he was in her year and had connections to her, was getting updates as they happened from her cousin. Well, in her note, she blames the person who contacted the school and says I was the reason she did this. Of course, no one other than me... And the school knows it's me, but I feel bad. I've been through this stuff before, and I know it's not my fault, but for some reason, this hits different. There is more legal stuff that I need advice on, which I will post on the right sub, but this is more for emotional support. How do I get over this? This is honestly a very awkward situation for you to be in in general, but I wouldn't put too much stress on yourself in the situation, because the way that I see it is that she was obviously a very tormented mind, especially with how she created a whole Tumblr page dedicated to Ted Bundy and then praising all these serial killers is just insane. (laughs) And she was definitely going down the deep end and drowning, and she was obviously not going to seek any help on her own. So it's good that somebody like you came across her page or else it could have been a lot worse for a lot more people if you hadn't have actually reported it to the school. I would just take it as a W in your mind, you know, this could have been a tragic school shooter case, you know, she was already down that path of, you know, worshiping the wrong people and then going as far as to create dedicated Tumblr pages praising Ted Bundy and all his victims and this and that and the other. is is could have been so messy. And thankfully, we're there to, I guess, you know, interject. And she saw suicide as a better option for whatever pain she was dealing with. And it could have had a different outcome. But this is the outcome that happened. And it is what it is. With that being said, I think I covered enough topics to fill in some time. I just wanted to get the first episode over with, I would say, out there. In general, um, I guess throughout the next episodes, I will be opening up about myself more if I see that as something that is of interest to other people. But for now, I guess this is the format that I'm going to stick with until I find that I want to do something else. And if you guys had any voicemails or any messages that you wanted to leave, I guess you could you know, message me on my social medias or you could leave a message on the hotline. The number is 877-379-5745. And this has been episode one of the No Regrets Podcast, and I am out.